is the Lightning Junkies Podcast with your host, Chaz. On this week's episode of the podcast, we have Mario Haval talking about onboarding newbies to Lightning. So this episode was supposed to be uploaded last week in order to help promote Hackers Congress. Some personal life happened in there, and unfortunately, I was kind of incapacitated from like Tuesday to Sunday. And that's definitely not what I wanted. I definitely wanted to be able to do a week turnaround time on this episode and be able to do these two different TV appearances for their the Hacker Congress uh, TV thing they had going. Regardless, I still think this is a very good episode where Mario talks about how he helps to onboard people to Bitcoin, to Lightning, using the Decent truck, using Paranipolis, and all of that. Reminders, as always, if you want to support the podcast, please consider visiting us at lightningjunkies.net forward slash support, where you can find all kinds of different ways to help support us by donating Bitcoin, Bitcoin over Lightning, as well as subscribe to us on the various podcasting platforms and all of that other stuff. Since I'm feeling quite antsy, I don't want to waste any more time. Let's go ahead and jump into this episode. I would like to go ahead and welcome Mario to the Lightning Junkies podcast. How are you doing today, Mario? Pretty good. Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I wanted to get you on the show. Um, I met you last year at the Lightning Conference in Berlin. You know, we interacted briefly at the Decent Truck. How do you uh, say that? Uh, Decent Truck. I think, you know, the main reason we have you on the show here is the fact that, you know, similarly what you were doing at the Lightning Conference, you're kind of going around and you're being this like little shepherd or something for Lightning, kind of getting newbies onboarded. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes, yes, exactly. As you said, we are going around uh, in this decent track, but uh, most of the onboarding I did in my life happened actually here in Paralnipolis in, in the cafe. Oh, perfect. I was hoping you were going to say that for me because I have the hardest time actually saying the name of it myself. Uh, so that's great. I have heard a lot about that, and I, I believe you guys are having the Hackers uh, Congress. The listeners are going to hear this a few days before it starts. That's coming next week, right? Yes, exactly. Um, Hackers Congress is like the biggest event that Paralympolis organizes. And I mean, if you're listening to this before the Congress, you still can catch on an online part of the event where you can watch workshops and talks and so on. So I uh, hope you will check it out. <laughs> well, absolutely. So since that's a big thing going on and you've been kind of onboarding a lot of people uh, down there, can you give me like a brief little uh, background on the whole organization kind of thing and how it got started and all that? Yeah, yeah. I would like to talk about that because the point of the whole onboarding is in the philosophy behind Paralni Police. So Paralni Police, um, you can call it just Paral Police. Yeah, um, this name you can understand what it means. Yeah, it's the idea of Paral Police is some kind of parallel society, parallel state. You know, police is in this Greek word for society, state. Like if I can <laughs> go more a bit far in the history, Paralni Police itself is an idea of communist dissident. Václav Benda. You might heard about them. Dissidents here during the communism were writing, you know, essays and so on. 
challenging communist regime. And then, for example, Václav Havel, known for Carter 77, he then became a president of the Republic. But one of the dissidents wrote an essay called Paralni Police. The, the idea basically is that in this kind of regime society, like communism, you can't oppose the government, you can't vote for a bit freer future or something. The best way of achieving freedom is through parallel societies, through parallel police, which is building parallel economy, parallel education and so on, where we can be free. Classical approach to changing um, society is trying to change the government. I don't want to change it. I just want to build my own, which is free, and I feel okay there. Uh, the history is huge. That this idea was picked up by artistic group called Stoven. These guys are from Prague, the Czech Republic, uh, artists and activists who did many crazy and funny things over the last 20 years. 10 years ago, they met hackers from Slovakia who brought idea of crypto anarchy, which I think if you are into Bitcoin and Lightning, you are kind of familiar with. But the idea of crypto anarchy is, let's call it, achieving freedom through crypto technologies. When they met, they brought these ideas together, like Paralnipolis through crypto technologies is like Paralnipolis 2.0, yeah? that we can achieve this free parallel society thanks to crypto technologies like Bitcoin. Yeah. We can have parallel currency used in our parallel economy, which is, uh, first of all, yeah, censorship resistant and, and state free and so on, and not dependent on this central authority that we are trying to be free of. That's the idea that what we are signaling, we want to be the beacon in this, let's call it parallel economy. So in 2014, this lovely building, when you Google it, you will see the first few pictures of the building in Prague. It's a black building, three floors, and... Uh, on the very first floor, when you come in, there is a Bitcoin cafe. And as far as I know, it's the first place in the world which accepts only cryptocurrencies. So we don't take any fiat shitcoins here, only Bitcoin. And that requires a lot of onboarding. This is the idea of onboarding people that if you want to have a best coffee in Prague, you need to learn how to use Bitcoin. Just saying so that that's here, uh, coffee. I'm actually downstairs under the coffee. Here is this studio, and next to me is our hackerspace bordel that we opened recently. And then on the first floor is co working, and uh, second floor is uh, Institute of Cryptography, where we do events and meetups. And so the whole place is, is like basically onboarding machine. <laughs> Anybody who comes in has to use Bitcoin, so there is always somebody, barista, me, or another crypto guy who will introduce him to the ATM and help him to set up the wallet and buy coffee with it. I, I love the case. Uh, it's a really good case to demonstrate how easy it is to use Bitcoin. Just it takes a few seconds to set up the wallet and get Bitcoin and pay for a coffee. And while you're drinking it, you can write down your seed and um, yeah. I think there's a lot to unpack there. So let's take it back a step, I think. You were kind of introducing the idea of the parallel society there. And the thing that uh, kind of came to my mind is the concept of voice and exit. It's like this concept of um, instead of buying into the system and, you know, electing a new president or anything like that, you're like, no, I'm going to, you know, say, hey, this stuff sucks, basically. And, you know, go off and, and exit the system and create my own system over here 
That is not what you guys are doing. I'm going to play my own game over here. If you guys want to join me, you can, but we're done with your game kind of thing. I'm not super familiar with the concept. Basically, let's say it. I call it opt-out. I just want to play on my playground and you left me be free and I won't mess up with you. Uh, in a whole Bitcoin world, you can call it by different names, but uh, the idea that I see is that I want to be free from the status things. So I want to receive my salary in Bitcoin and pay to pay, pay my stuff in Bitcoin, which means that I have to be part of this parallel economy in order to have it. Yeah, um, I have to have some employer which is able to pay me in Bitcoin, which means that he has to have some customers paying him in Bitcoin and so on. So it's it's building the economy. I see it, uh, or the parallel, why is it parallel? Why do I see it like this? Uh, I want to focus my productivity into this parallel economy, or let's maybe call it black market. I don't, I don't want to say black market like selling guns or something, but this is the paraphrasing of Dirk Pirate Roberts mentioned that in, in some of the early interviews that the Silk Road and everything, the idea behind it was very libertarian, that uh, you don't want to support the state with your taxes because the state has a monopoly on oppression and I don't want to support that. I, I see it as immoral. More moral thing from my point of view is um, focus my productivity into let's call it parallel economy. <laughs> Yeah, I think I would uh, agree with all of that. And I think I'm trying to do that in my own kind of way over here. Like, I don't have a cool uh, hacker's place or hacker's collective or whatever kind of a general name you want to call yourself there. But it's like, I don't have anything cool to go and interact with crypto anarchists over here. I probably actually uh, live in a very leftist place, so it's much harder to um, find that sort of thing. So I just... I kind of hide out amongst all the leftists and they don't really know that I'm a kind of a very libertarian-ish Bitcoiner here. Um, going off of that topic, though, a little bit, I was kind of thinking, you know, people coming into the coffee shop there, more of the locals, I guess, like I'm kind of interested. What is their opinion? You know, like less of the crypto anarchist and more of just like a normal person walking down the street. Um, do you happen to know what the locals think of, of your place there? So Paralipolis has like six years already, um, the whole project. There was many events where uh, it got into uh, public knowledge. There was many interesting speakers here, which got into media, uh, some campaigns and so on. So many people, many locals know the place. And I have to say that it's kind of branding thing that when you see this black building and crypto anarchy on that, uh, it might be kind of scary. But what I love about people who, who don't worry and come in and they're open to the whole thing. For example, there was many new people coming uh, over the past few weeks because uh, we wanted to put a banner on the building, uh, which was to promote a Hackers Congress, the conference. And this city, like the Prague Council, uh, didn't allow us to put our banner on our own building uh, because of the you know visual smoke or whatever bullshit. So so we just put there uh, a banner that says "Kiss or Ass," and it became kind of viral in Czech Republic. So many people were coming in. That's where the onboarding begins. Because now you have here some somebody confused that okay, I just want to have a cafe, and why do I need to do the whole Bitcoin thing? It just depends. There's so many types of people and uh, somebody is super open and amazed that he can so easily try the technology. Somebody is uh, just just bothered that he has to has to use it. 
In those interactions, how do they typically go? Like, do you see more of the people that are open or do you see more of the, hey, bro, I just want to buy coffee. What is this Bitcoin shit? I think it's like 50-50. That might be optimistic. Maybe somebody would say otherwise. But I always try to be super optimistic. So even if I see that person uh, might be bothered, I will go to him with a smile and come on, it's easy. Just set up the wallet and you will be you will enter the parallel society and you will be free in this very moment. <laughs> so if you joke with the person a bit and explain him just in a few sentences, what is the whole concept about? Uh, he most has no problem to set up the wallet. Actually, over the past few years, we tested so many different approaches to the whole wallet setup thing and onboarding because the technology was, uh, let's say, evolving and uh, circumstances were changing over the past few years. Because like this five, six years ago, we were just using Bitcoin (laughs) um, on chain. Yeah. The thing that uh, was happening here a lot was paper wallets that somebody comes in and he doesn't have a phone or don't want to use it or whatever. And the easiest way what you can do is give him a paper wallet. And a paper wallet is basically public and private key. Yeah. So uh, he can either print it. I remember we five, six years ago, there was a machine, just an Arduino with, with the printer and printing, generating the codes. And it wasn't secure at all or anything, but we were using that. That was like the first instance. Then uh, we create these cards, even, even with NFC. And so person get this card and he just taps the ATM, put in their money and he got Bitcoin. Then the problem was that fees for Bitcoin were too high to buy a coffee with that, like 2017 or something. It didn't make sense to, to pay, I don't know, two euros for coffee if you, if you have to pay three euros in fees. So we switched to Litecoin, which had the address structures very similar to Bitcoin. So it was easy to switch. In the past year, um, I was playing with Lightning here and I found out that it is the best way how to onboard people. First, can I give you a bit of shit for taking Litecoin? (laughs) (laughs) It was just destined for Bitcoin. Come on. (laughs) I think I can kind of understand that a bit. But let's talk about Litecoin for a minute. Do you do you guys see, you know, shit coins or all coins in general being a I mean, I I don't know if if I want to go here, but just an ideological purity thing that like, you know, we should be Bitcoin only if we're crypto anarchists or does crypto anarchy kind of include the idea that you should kind of forge your own path and unnecessarily subscribe to any kind of ideology that forces you down a certain path or anything like that? Well, it's a hard question. Um, I mean, as I said, we used uh, Litecoin just for the practical purpose because uh, we couldn't use Bitcoin on-chain for this. And um, I hated it, uh, but it was the only option at the time. Palanipolis isn't or shouldn't be uh, Bitcoin maximalist. I don't even want to call it libertarian because Palanipolis should be about researching opportunities, researching ways how to achieve the free society, not just uh, be focused on some purity and dogmatic stuff. There are mostly Bitcoiners here, um, also also uh, many people involved in Ethereum, but we are not shitcoiners. I would start with that. <laughs> but um, the important point is that you shouldn't, or, or the idea of police shouldn't be catching some dogmatic ideology, but searching for a, for a ways. In the last year or so, you said you're, you're starting to um, get lightning integrated into all that. Did you want to go into a bit more detail on how you actually got it in there? 
I can um, mention the process because so so first I started playing with lightning somehow more probably uh, one and a half year ago. One of my goals uh, goal was uh, to find a way how to use it easily here in the cafe. I was trying to teach people how to use uh, at the time it was PLW and Eclair. Actually, it was it was kind of struggle until Phoenix came out. Also, like a year ago, uh, the Bitcoin ATM here. The General Bytes ATMs, they're all over the world. Uh, they implemented Lightning finally. Yeah, it was like this around this time a year ago when we really started uh, doing Lightning here. How much of an uh, uptake have you seen on that? How many people are actually using Lightning versus on-chain Bitcoin? Are you kind of directing them to Lightning? Well, it depends. Uh, here, like, let's say, members of Parallel Police or the people around are mostly using Lightning because... They know me, and if I see them uh, using something other than Lightning, I will be just, you know, uh, stare at them really uh, scarily way. Uh, <laughs> no, no. What I want to say is that um, it, it really depends uh, because somebody comes in and he already has some 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 crypto, some some Bitcoin, and he just uses on chain or even Litecoin. There is still still some people using Litecoin because I mean it used to be. Uh, standard here for like two years, I, I guess. So, so I am kind of um, Litecoin to Lightning damper. <laughs> they help you to to get you better better money. <laughs> it just it just depends on what community. Um, and at the events, as you as you as you mentioned, decent track. So so this is the one thing that we have a cafe where you can you can come and we have all the stuff here. But we also have this truck, which uh, is basically I call it uh, Paralympolis on wheels. Uh, it has all the stuff needed for set up the cafe and also do some presentations and talks. So we use it for some conferences and uh, events and festivals. And there we uh, use all the general by CTM sometimes, but mostly we use Blascomat, which is lightning only. And it's the it's just onboarding machine gun. It's, it's perfect. It's the best onboarding uh, Bitcoin UX I ever experienced, I have to say. Uh, over the past few years, I was onboarding people here. You were saying you kind of like the the, uh, the process better than even on-chain Bitcoin. Could you contrast, you know, people's responses to it maybe? Maybe when you were saying, hey, let's try on-chain Bitcoin a few years ago and when you try to get them to onboard with Lightning now? It's definitely better. People love it. It's also thanks to the Blesskomet machine. So, so as I mentioned, I st- we started with this a year ago when uh, General Bytes ATMs implemented Lightning and then Phoenix wallet came out and a person in the cafe could just buy from the General Bytes ATM uh, Lightning and pay for the cafe basically instantly. It was nice, easy. And uh, then our friends from Paralani Police, Charlie and Carlos built uh, Blascomat, which is Lightning ATM, which uses LNURL withdraw. It's perfect. I love it. And it's a similar concept to other Lightning ATMs. There, there is this bunch of these uh, Lightning Hatement ATMs. Uh, I think there is also a similar one that created, created by 21 is enough. But Blaskomat was really a game changer in the onboarding game here. Uh, Blaskomat is is super simple uh, Lightning ATM. It's offline. It's basically just an Arduino. <laughs> and coin acceptor and uh, banknotes acceptor. And the acceptor tells Arduino uh, how much money you put in. It signs it uh, with the key and show you LNURL. You scan it with your, for example, Phoenix or Wallet of Satoshi Wallet. And uh, it's uh, sent request to my server. I'm, I'm running on my server own instance of the LNURL, so it's all self-hosted. 
the LN URL has admin macaron from my node, and if the key is correct, um, I will I will send you money. So it's instant, and it's super easy because in the most of the normal Bitcoin ATMs, you have to click through the whole process and open your wallet and show Q- your QR code, your address or invoice to the, to the machine. But here it's the opposite way, that it shows you QR code and you just scan it and, and have it instantly. And it's offline, which is perfect use case for the truck because it's, yeah, it's moving and, and the interconnection always sucks. Yeah, so so the whole process actually looks. It, you, can, you can have you can have your Bitcoin in a few seconds. It, it, it's it's lovely. And the last event we did was I think three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and we onboarded I guess at least hundred, maybe maybe two hundred people there, uh, because it's just a line of people and everybody gets Bitcoin. It, it's perfect. <laughs> uh, so you just uh, basically you just come and install the uh, wallet for uh, Android. We are using Phoenix and for iOS of Satoshi because it knows LN URL. We are looking forward for uh, Phoenix on iOS. You just put their money, scan it, and get it. The, the most time takes installing the app, actually. <laughs> and people are just amazed. Wow, this inter- magic internet money, it just works. It, it's a few seconds. And you can instantly pay with it. Because even if on-chain was pretty good and fast, like a few years ago, or even, let's say, Litecoin is faster because it has two minutes block time. Uh, but it, this is much, much better because you can immediately spend it. So here on the plus comment, you just get the money. And here on BTC Pay screen, you just you just scan it and, and instantly pay. You can uh, instantly spend it and don't have to wait for any confirmation and so on. This was actually the huge issue here that even if I went through the onboarding process with, with on-chain, then uh, you have to put your money and wait for the confirmation. Absolutely. The the Lightning ATM definitely sounds like a much better way to onboard. It basically happens within seconds, and then you go pay in seconds and you're done. No, uh, no on-chain transaction to receive the ATM uh, deposit or whatever withdrawal. No on-chain to actually pay, right? So that's... Saving maybe at least twenty minutes, possibly more, depending on where the uh, the the fee market's at. I'm kind of interested though, because like uh, the the big part of why I started this show is basically the idea of onboarding to Lightning and the challenges, and you know the happy path, the the the, the unhappy path, whatever. I'm seeing the the onboarding here as being essentially using a custodial wallet. I know Phoenix isn't technically a custodial wallet, but I'll kind of mainly address Wallet of Satoshi here. Do you feel like it's kind of suboptimal to use or to recommend a custodial wallet to a new user, or do you think that that's just kind of part of the game there? I don't see it as optimal, especially as a crypto anarchist who uh, really likes his keys in his pocket. When I'm onboarding people, uh, I'm always explaining the concept that this is custodial and, and it has this dangers and so on. As I mentioned, I'm really looking forward for Phoenix on iOS because I didn't find any other wallet on iOS which could do this LNURL magic so easily as, as World of Satoshi does. Kudos to them. The world is pretty good, but I don't see it as a as a optimal, as an ideal that it is custodial. That's why I was kind of negative about Lightning some time ago because I saw that many people are using custodial services and became normal uh, because of Lightning. I don't really like that, but I hope that better solutions are coming. I really like Phoenix. I don't see it as a custodial because, I mean, you have your own keys. The only problem is that you have to 
rely on async node to open a channel for you. There is no trust in a sense that you can lose all your money because of their fault or something like that. We are still talking about this very first touch, the first 30 seconds, which uh, you can't really explain the whole opening channel concept and whatever um, to the person who just wants to have a coffee. Uh, it has to be super easy so everybody can can go through that. That's a very common trope that I've seen in my own life when I've tried to, you know, maybe bug my friends into getting into Bitcoin or to bug them into trying this cool app that I'm obsessed with because I'm into the stuff is if you can't show them a direct um, use case or direct advantage to using this technology in like five seconds flat, they just turn off and they stop paying attention to you. Do you kind of see this in, in your experience basically where people are like, okay, cool, Bitcoin, great. No, can I get the damn coffee? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I see that. I mean, many people uh, come and when I, when I explain the Bitcoin, they will just turn around and go away. But, you know, that's cost of doing business for Bitcoin, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the issue that we are fighting in the whole police for the whole time. My take on that is that if somebody isn't willing to pay attention for a few seconds, then it's just not worth it to a business because what I'm selling is I'm not selling a coffee. I'm selling the freedom. <laughs> if you don't want to buy that, then we don't have to do business. You're kind of saying it's it's going to be easier just to onboard them to a wallet of Satoshi. It's just kind of easier. Um, it's kind of makes the pitch easier. And I would definitely agree. That's basically how I started kind of explaining it to people. And I put out a tweet uh, yesterday or day before kind of explaining, you know, my partner who I'm dating's uh, arc into being a, a Lightning Network user. They started with Wallet of Satoshi, eventually getting Bitcoin Lightning Wallet, BLW on Android. That one's a bit more advanced, uh, has channels and everything. Um, and kind of moved on to that and now is sitting at the place where they're, you know, I'm going to be like, I'm going to get you a, a, a Raspberry Pi 4 and get, a, and get you all the parts and you're going to put together your node. And that's like the next step. Do you kind of witness a kind of similar arc with maybe customers that come in more than once? Exactly. As, as I mentioned before, the Walt Satoshi or Phoenix even is, is for the first um, touch. Yeah. Then uh, if somebody is more interested, I will take them to the journey. Uh, I mean, Bitcoin rabbit hole is pretty deep, so we can we can go through many wallets and, and, and notes and, and, and so on. Actually, here in Paralanipol is in, in uh, Bordel hackerspace next to me. Uh, we have this, um, I call it like community notes, where many people have their Raspberry here and, and running safely in the server room. So what I'm also trying to do is, is help members of community to easily run their node. This is the best thing you can, you, can, you can do in the end game to achieve uh, privacy and, and security and everything, I guess. I definitely see the challenge being in kind of explaining why someone would need to go to this level of effort in order to do all this. I think most of our listeners probably know why it makes sense, but do you want to kind of just go over it anyway, just to, to have it out there? So Bitcoin full node, yeah. Um, 
so why to have your own note uh, because it's the best way of using bitcoin do it today it's super easy <laughs> uh, uh, so 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 uh, what, what you are doing with if your full note is full payment verification that's why is it called um, that way and you are verifying bitcoin consensus rules we are running the full client and with this you can use so much other software a lot of people start with this that all oh, super be super secure and verify all the payments you won't get you know because maybe some light wallets can get can be double spent or something because they don't verify uh, all the consensus stuff but actually uh, the main reason is the software what would i call bitcoin software and it's so many beautiful stuff that you can uh, have and be a uh, easily power user of Bitcoin. So you run a Bitcoin D, the full node implementation client, and then um, uh, on on that you run your Lightning node, yeah, LNDC Lightning, whatever, uh, Eclair, and you have machine that it's, that's always online, so you can always communicate to that whenever generate invoices. Uh, you can run your BTC Pay server on that and uh, easily accept payments as a merchant. Uh, you can run Electrum and have a private way of using some light wallets. Yeah, because when you are using uh, some wallet in your phone, you are leaking all your uh, addresses or whatever to the third parties, yeah, to some wallet provider, some some Electrum server of someone else. And uh, if you set up your own, you can use it and uh, have it self-hosted nicely, privately. You can run LNURL server and have your own Blascomat. You can run um, Samurai Dojo or you can run so many, so many beautiful things uh, on that. And that's my reason of using Node uh, mostly that there is so much software around which gives you so many advantages and so many possibilities so many features that it's not just a full note but it opens you the door to so many things <laughs> right yeah i've i've noticed that as well the node software that i've been using uh, mostly lately is my node there's definitely others raspberry blitz the other one that came out more recently I, it's like umble or something I, I might be mispronouncing that yeah, Umbral, I think. Yeah, I was testing that. It's really nice. I want to use it. I get. Uh, I was better testing that. I actually have it in the room next to me, and I really like it. I think it. I will use it as some general workshopping about notes, like when I will teach people how to use their own note. This is, the, I think, the easiest way. What I mostly do or what I mostly recommend is Crypto Anarchy Dep or uh, Repo Builder. Uh, you can find it on GitHub under Kiksunil. Uh, it's my friend Martin Habovšiak from Paralna Polis uh, from Bratislava. Uh, I didn't mention that actually we opened in Slovakia. So I'm in Prague in Paralna Polis. We opened Paralna Polis similar concept in Bratislava in Slovakia. And it was running almost two years, the cafe and everything, but it died because of Corona. So Martin uh, Kiksunil is from Bratislava. He actually invented um, uh, turbo channels on Lightning, which, oh, for example, uh, Phoenix Wallet implements that. He created this uh, beautiful repository for Debian, where you can just, when you are using some Debian-based Linux distributions, you know that apt install, uh, he calls it uh, apt install freedom. Because with single command from the repository, you can easily install all of the stuff that you need. So, and everything is like a dependency. So first, uh, Bitcoin D will in install and start syncing. Then LND, um, BTC Pay and self-host uh, engines and also Tor. So you can put it uh, Onion, so you can put it behind Tor. I have RPC Explorer. So you have your own block explorer. You don't have to use, again, some 
uh, I don't know, a Blockstream info or something. So we are not leaking uh, what you're looking for to some third parties. And uh, BTC Pay server is there. Uh, and there will be more stuff coming like uh, Wasabi, uh, Dojo, uh, Joint Market, and so on. For a bit more advanced users, I recommend this, and uh, because it gives you, I think, more freedom than stuff like uh, my note, which is really nice and and, and good. And also, uh, why I use it is that it's uh, for architecture. Uh, it's it's not for ARM architecture because my note is, I think, only ARM, only for uh, raspberries and stuff. And uh, this is AMD sixty four normal normal architecture um, on your normal Debian machine, which is which is perfect for me. <laughs> The next kind of question I had, I guess, just to kind of cap out the onboarding to Lightning piece of this here is like, do you have any kind of advice or any kind of knowledge you've built up over the years on how to kind of best onboard people? Is it just to kind of give them that use case, you know, at at, at the coffee shop or, you know, what is it? You know, how do we get more people to get into Bitcoin to care about the stuff? Well, uh, that's a really hard question because so many approaches that you can do. Uh, I mostly, I, I onboard people whenever I am because it's my, it's, I like the topic. Yeah, I like Bitcoin, so I talk about it a lot. And uh, so I'm wherever on maybe some random conference that doesn't even do anything with Bitcoin, but I see that people, people are open for that. So I start talking and mention that I see it as this opt-out tool. Yeah, this parallel economy, whatever freedom, a freedom tool. It's super easy. So here we go. Just don't worry. Install install Phoenix and and here is your first hundred sets. And I just send it to them instantly, and they have it. If they don't have Blaskmat with me, of course, and this is what I do mostly. Even if they don't understand completely, just get their attention a bit, make some jokes, and uh, have them install the wallet, which is just few clicks. When you send them uh, send the money, people love it. From my experience, I see uh, the smiles where, wow, it's so easy. And so I thought that it's super complicated, whatever Bitcoin thing, but it's just like this, you know, <laughs> especially in Lightning. Right, exactly. I want to touch on one other thing that you said here, because you brought up uh, Dread Pirate Roberts. The way that I onboarded to Bitcoin essentially was uh, using Silk Road in, in 2011. I don't think I understood what I was doing yet. I think I was still uh, very naive and just being like, cool, I can buy weed, you know, on the Internet. That's cool. Um, But, you know, obviously later on, I kind of understood just how important Silk Road was, I think, to Bitcoin and maybe like the, you know, bigger crypto anarchy community. Because it seems like I, I'm kind of an outsider to that because I'm, I'm not going to claim to be an insider to any of those communities or anything. But it seems to me that like that was maybe one of the best markets that has ever existed. Um, there's definitely been ones that, that have come after and you know could be better or whatever. I haven't really played with any of them. I just got... I, I started to know too much, and so I got too paranoid to use them ever again. Do you think that there's any better use case for Bitcoin than basically darknet markets and kind of black markets that, you know, governments and other powerful agencies want to stop you from doing? Well, I actually touched on that before that, uh, yeah, dark markets are really um, nice use case, <laughs> really interesting one. But uh, what my point before was when I mentioned Dr. Pirate Roberts was saying, my point was 
make your whole economic life a dark market. I don't want to fund state or whatever. I don't want to see any bank, any any financial state agency to see how much money I have. I want have, to have it private and uh, have all my all my trades made privately. My goal is to use Bitcoin and use it privately. Uh, and this is what I see as the best use case. It's basically the dark market case, but but it doesn't have to be illegal because um, from, let's say, a libertarian perspective, dark markets were uh, some kind of a free market experiment that we saw completely unregulated markets and, and it worked nicely. And um, I see that I can achieve this freedom using crypto wherever I want. Yeah? So as an entrepreneur, I want to earn money only strongly preferably in bitcoin and um, opt out yeah this is this is the best case i can see to explain this concept to somebody uh, completely out of all world you understood after a few sentences because you, you know the concept but uh, somebody completely new um, i have to talk at least an hour to convince them that this makes sense it's not the easiest easiest thing to uh, onboard people with but uh, i mean dark markets are definitely more catchy for an individual it's the strongest case because it just gives you more freedom and if people understand this uh they will use it uh, yeah, a few weeks ago i was talking to the samurai dev guy uh t-dev yeah exactly i was just kind of busting his balls a little bit kind of saying so when are you guys going to work on lightning He's like, you know, we're, it's, not, it's not a big priority for us. Um, and, but he also said, like, the main reason is, like, we're working towards, you know, that kind of ultimate privacy, kind of not necessarily dark uh, markets, but he kind of did say dark net markets. Jameson Lopp, um, a couple of years ago, had the idea of having a dark net market kind of built on lightning. The samurai guy basically said that when that happens, you know, we're going to start caring about it a lot more. Do you like the concept of like a dark net market or not even a dark net market per se, but just more markets built using lightning and having lightning be this kind of privacy tool and onboarding tool and all these things in one kind of thing? First of all, it's not easy to do lighting um, really privately, uh, at least now. I think the current implementations lack a lot of privacy. As I mentioned before, uh, the, the repository where you can easily just set up Bitcoin and Lightning node and BTC Pay uh, behind the door, this is the thing, I think. You have you have anonymous identity. Uh, you, have, you have a way how to uh, easily and almost without fees earn money. Um, so I can, I can imagine that I'm really in favor of something like that. Uh, but I think there is still some way to go to have uh, enough privacy on uh, on Lightning, I know that Samurai is not really in uh, favor to develop stuff on Lightning. I'm not sure why. I, I know that they mentioned that. Uh, I know that with Wabi Sabi, that uh, Wasabi is developing, there might be some interesting features like opening channels from CoinJoin and stuff like this, which would be really nice. But I still think that talking about privacy, there needs to be more privacy-focused implementations because, as I mentioned, I use LND and Avaf, for example. It was, it was just a few days ago, I, I was so mad at, at the LND that uh, I opened the channel and put there as an input more UTXOs than had to. Like, you know, you're opening channel for, I don't know, 0.1 Bitcoin and put there is an input there like 0.2 and 0.1 one coin. And why the hell it take two coins, you know? So so you don't have any coin control. You don't have any real privacy there. And that's still a lot of work, I think. 
Right, exactly. So I think we are kind of reaching towards the end of the show here. Do you have anything else you want to kind of let the listeners know, you know, maybe about Hackers Congress or anything like that? Uh, yeah, come to Paralonipolis, come to Hackers Congress. I will be glad to welcome you here. If you're listening to this around uh, the first weekend of October, check hcpp.cz, uh, which is the website of Hackers Congress, and you can get all the info and tickets even for online uh, part uh, if you can't attend physically. Uh, but uh, check Paralonipolis and come here if it will be possible in the future, because, I mean, the whole place can give you interesting experience. And use Lightning CoinGen every day and uh, stay private and don't fund state. <laughs> All right. And then finally, how can the uh, listeners find you on uh, Twitter? You can find me as TaxMe if you can or Mario Havel. And uh, or you can also find Paralnipolis and uh, Paralnapolis on Twitter. All right, man. Perfect. I really enjoy you joining me on the Lightning Junkies podcast. Yeah, me too. Thank you for having me. Uh, it was a great conversation. Thank you so much. Boom. That was a 37th episode of the Latin Junkies podcast. Hopefully you learned something from this episode. Hopefully you have some different thoughts that you didn't have before. And hopefully we can take you to a different place than where you started the podcast. Beyond that, I didn't want to spend too long here in the outro just talking and jibber-jabbering. I just wanted to try to get this podcast out as quickly as possible. Once again, I apologize to Mario and Max and the rest of the folks at Hackers Congress. You know, a bit of my fuck up here. We'll definitely do better in the future. But for now, I'll see you guys on the Lightning Network.